This is a wee bit of everything. The podcast that explores all things sport and teaching. Hello there and welcome to the A Wee Bit of Everything podcast with your hosts Lewis and Clark. Thanks for coming back to tune in to this week's episode. We really are amazed by all the support we have received from everyone so far. Our partner of the podcast is Premiership Experience who have played a big role in helping us develop. Premiership Experience offer fantastic sports tours within the UK and abroad so be sure to check them out on Twitter at Prem Experience. This is a professional learning platform where we get ideas and insights from like-minded professionals. Our vision is to inspire, to teach and to entertain. So let's get started with this week's episode of A Wee Bit of Everything. This week on A Wee Bit of Everything, we are joined by aspiring physical education teacher Gemma McLean. Gemma is studying the PGDE physical education course at Strathclyde University. Previously, she studied sports studies at Stirling. So we're looking forward to get her on tonight to um, hear a little bit more about her experiences going through school and ultimately how PE changed her life roundabout. Yeah, spot on. We're going to talk a bit as well, um, Lewis, about PE experiences um, as, a, as a pupil and also as a student teacher um, and, a, and a placement that she's been on before um, uh, getting accepted on the PGD course um, during her undergrad. And we'll also talk a wee bit about how uh, what inspired her to become a PE teacher and how important she thinks it is not giving up on the naughty kids um, that we that we often have to, to work with during our, during our roles as, as PE teachers. So looking forward to getting to, to know uh, a wee bit about her experiences in PE and more importantly, how, how it inspired her, you know, how, how it's inspired her to take on this this next career step. So without further ado, we'll get her on to the show. Right, Gemma, welcome to Are You About Everything. It's brilliant to have you on. How's your, how's your day been? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been pretty good. Um, I've had my head on my laptop with some seminars today, but I'm feeling good. I feel as if you're learning a lot to kind of start off with. It's quite hard going to start, isn't it? When you're starting yeah, my, my brain's just like buzzing right now with all this new information, but it's all good. Uh, when's your first placement then? Uh, not till the 25th of October, that's when right, placement okay. starts, and then it'll go through all the way to Christmas. I'm sure it'll be a quick year, for, from what I remember, the PGDE course. That flies yeah, by, absolutely. absolutely flies by. Yeah, def- definitely does. Right, so um, you're on today to kind of speak about your experience in, in school, um, during PE, and kind of across the board, and also uh, your belief of kind of not giving up in the naughty kids, which I'm sure you'll get into more detail on. But before we get into it... Um, would you be able to give us and the listeners a little background information on your career to date? Yeah, absolutely. So I left secondary school in 2015 and I left S6 with a conditional for the PE course, the undergrad PE course at Edinburgh Uni. Um, but I actually failed just one of my hires, um, so I didn't get onto the course. So I kind of panicked a little bit because I had quite a few friends going off to uni and I decided to go through clearing on Youth Pass um, and got a place at the University of East London, um, big move from rural Highland town to the big smoke in London, and it only lasted four weeks, four and a half weeks. It didn't last what, very what long. Just oh, like it. I hated it. Um, I it just it just wasn't for me. It was I think it was just too big a move coming from a town of two thousand people to living in East London was just it just wasn't for me. 
Um, I think it was a bit of a brash move as well. I didn't really think it through. I panicked and was 18 and was like, I need to move and go to uni. Um, but really, that was probably one of the best things that happened to me was having to go through that experience because I got home and I thought, right, what am I going to do now? I need to do something. I want to be a PE teacher. I need, I need to go to uni. Um, I went to America and worked at um, my summer camp for both the summer and the autumn term there. And then I came what about, back. What about in America did you go? Um, I went to Chicago and I worked oh, at nice. a residential um, special needs camp out there. So it was amazing. Um, I've done camp every summer actually since I've left school apart nice. from obviously COVID year but um, I've loved it so much and learned so much there. Was that the same um, camp all the time? No I did uh, the special needs camp in Chicago for two years and then I went to a camp in Maine actually in the northeast of um, America because I wanted somewhere a bit more rural with a bit more outdoor learning and um, yeah. hiking and stuff. What about Maine because I went to one in Maine in 2018. Oh, did um, it was called Camp Jordan it was in Ellsworth. Right okay. Near Bangor, but, if you know where that is. Bangor, I heard of Bangor. We were in a place called Poland, Maine, so it was near Naples. It was all like European like, right, okay, countries nice. or cities like in Maine, I felt like a lot of the places were, were named yeah. after. Have you been to Campbell's? A couple of times. <laughs> Texas and Maine. But no, I, I loved it. It was brilliant. When you go Such to camp, a... all you talk about is going to camp. Oh, right. it's, but it's so good, though. People don't like... I try and say it to the, the kids in that at school as well, like, that are, that are leaving. So I'm like, why don't you try and apply for Camp America? It's like one of the best experiences you'll get and then the, the network of people that you make uh, that you meet as well like it's you, great i can go over to the states and not have to buy a hotel exactly that's what i'm, that's what I'm trying to say i'm saving yourself a fortune it's about about couch surfing <laughs> i love it lavish couch surfing <laughs> especially in maine uh, yeah they're all just block cabins on lakes it's brilliant Aye, so nice yeah. um, when i came back from camp i um applied for a HNC at UHI in Inverness um, so I did my HNC in sports coaching and development um, with the same aspiration to go on and do PE teaching so I applied again the following year after that for that was for, it was in 2016 for the PE course at Stirling and Edinburgh again and this time I forgot to put my intermediate to maths qualification down on my UCAS so my application didn't even get looked at because <laughs> I didn't oh, have no. They didn't think that I had the minimum requirements, but it was a mistake on my my bad, and mm. I didn't um, do my math. So um, I applied the following year and got into sports studies um, at Stirling. So I just finished this year um, of my sports studies degree and graduated with a, a first class honours. Um, and I've now started my PGDE and PE at Strathclyde. Yeah, you were high, highly regarded from Joe Cowley, I'm sure it was, that kind of passed on, <laughs> your, de mm. passed on your details to get in touch. So, <laughs> Oh, Joe's brilliant. He's been great. He was brilliant as well when I was applying for um, the course at Strathclyde to bundle uh, college. Yeah, he's a great guy. His uh, episode actually got kind of one of the kind of top views oh, um, over, the, uh, over the past couple of months. Like, his, his is right up there, so... I'm sure, won't, I'm sure yeah. he won't, won't mind me saying that on, on, on live. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll love the shout out. I know, you know. So, so, so what did you do for the year where you didn't get into sports studies? Did you just finish the HND? Yeah, so I finished my HNC and then I also worked part-time as a lifeguard at my local leisure centre. So I just worked that whole time and then went back to um, summer camp in the summer and then made the move to Stirling in the end of August, start of September. Oh, that's good. You had a wee, wee job to save up for the student yeah. nights and FUBAR. 
Yeah. <laughs> is that still going up there? Oh, I think it's reopening for freshers, actually. Is it? Is it? Uh, it's, due to, it's getting all done up at the moment, I think, and it's due for a big nice. That's one I've never been. I've heard, I've been I've heard good things. I've just never, ever been. I've heard mixed things, actually, but I... <laughs> where, is, where, is, where is it you used to go, Lewis? So, so, so sweet. <laughs> so sweet, yeah, in <laughs> But I'm sure Joe will know that one as well. She's listening. Uh, <laughs> really. I think so. <laughs> Um, anyway, kind of sidetracked there, but um, looking at sort of obviously when you were at school, you you obviously decided you wanted to become a PE teacher, or was it or was it just after that? Would you say was it kind of what year was it? Would that have been in? It would have probably been about the end of S four, right? Um, that I kind of made that decision. So, kind of what what insp- what inspired you to kind of become a PE, a PE teacher? Then was there any particular moment or? Well. You wouldn't think it now, but when I was in school, I wasn't a very well-behaved young person. Um, I think by the time I was in S4, I had about 17 suspensions under my belt and was very close to being on the brink of being um, permanently excluded from school. And I didn't really have any dreams, aspirations. You know, I had no real drive or push to want to continue into S5 and S6. Um, and I didn't enjoy school, you know. and the one thing about PE that I remember in particular was that I always liked it. I enjoyed PE and I found it fun, but I always used it more as an outlet really for kind of built up anger and frustration more than real enjoyment and fun. Um, and mm-hmm. that was quite apparent throughout that four years of school until a new PE teacher arrived at the school called Haley Barr, who you actually had on the show the mm-hmm. other week. Um, and Haley saw something in me that other teachers at my school hadn't seen and that I hadn't seen either. You know, she saw that I had leadership qualities and, and leadership potential, but I wasn't necessarily utilizing those skills in a positive way in school and amongst my peers and in my community. Um, but she wanted to help me take those skills and turn them into a positive. So she signed me up for a program called the Young Ambassador Program. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either of you yeah. are familiar with it in yeah. your school. Yeah. So, um, our, my, our school had never done Young Ambassadors before. Um, we'd only, the only real leadership program we had was Sports Leaders UK. Mm-hmm. Haley came in with all these new brilliant ideas and um, she chose me and another boy in my year to be Young Ambassadors, which at the time my head teacher was not chuffed with because I obviously wasn't a role model and the whole point of being a Young Ambassador is that you're a role model in your school and your community um, to deliver sport and promote physical activity and health mm-hmm. and well-being and that's not somebody like me <laughs> at the time so um she stuck to her gut though and um me and her went to the head teacher and convinced them to let me go to the conference and to be honest with you i just wanted to go to skyboff school i thought mm-hmm. brilliant like i get a day off and i can go to inverness and i can you know mess around and mess- i had double mass that day i actually remember it so clearly and i was like oh i can just get away yeah. and I'll have to deal with it and I got to this conference and it just completely gave my mind like it completely changed my mind on what PE and sport and and school could actually do for you and I it was quite a catalyst moment for me actually because um it did kind of just feel like a light switch a little bit I got to that conference and I heard um really inspirational athletes speak one of them was um David Smith who is a Paralympian and hearing his stories and just like resilience and how sport completely changed his life it was just really eye-opening for me um, and I came back from that conference just so buzzing with ideas of what I wanted to do in my in my school because being in a really small rural school we didn't really have a lot of extracurricular clubs you know there was no girls football team um, I think we had a boys football team 
a boys rugby team and a girls hockey team right. and that, that was all we had so in that, pardon what's your main sport what's this sort um, of... my main sport was football, football um, yeah. I played football from the age of five up until I was about 12 and 13 and I was told that I couldn't play anymore because it was a boys team um, so right. I was kind of kicked to the side and the closest girls team at the time was um, Inverness Cali Thistle but that's like an hour away from me and my mum didn't drive and um, I think they trained at the same time that I was supposed to be in school so it just <laughs> well, well, that would quite good if they, um, and that's more school you're missing if you don't yeah I know I would have been buzzing <laughs> with that um, so I was you know buzzing to come back and start a girls team and do all these you know I had all these ideas in my head um, but you know it was, it was tough because I came back so excited and for the first time, I actually felt this kind of like fire lit up inside of me and, mm-hmm. and felt really passionate. And I got back to school and was totally shot down by the head teacher and other teachers because they're like, well, no, you're not a role model. And it was kind of like a bit of a shot in the gap because as a young person, you come in so excited and you expect those teachers to be excited for you and want to encourage you. I actually had the complete opposite reaction. Um, that must have been very hard to deal with. Yeah. And that negativity. Absolutely. And if anything, it made me want to misbehave even more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing worse than when you're like so buzzing about something and you're feeling dead positive and you just expect everyone else to be on board with it and then that, something like that happens. And you're, you're just, just like that. Ah, cheers. And it's really hard. Like I would have been probably around about 15 or 16 at that time. And for, some, for a young person already who was struggling to kind of regulate their emotions, it, it was tough. And I, I definitely... Um, took it negatively and thought, oh, well, maybe I, I can't do this and maybe I'm not the right person for the job. But um, I, I think what helped me the most was how much Haley believed in me and supported me. Um, and especially to other teachers, the head teacher in particular, um, she took the time to actually have a, a one-to-one meeting. Well, me, him and her had a meeting together where she helped convince him to actually allow me to start these extracurricular clubs. Um, and it was the first time as a young person in school that I actually had a teacher that really cared about me and really mm-hmm. believed in me. And I'd never had that before. So I automatically had this feeling of, well, I can't let her down. You know, mm-hmm. she's putting all this, this effort into me when I'm seen as this kind of class clown that's not going anywhere and isn't going to achieve anything. You, you kind of feel like you're obligated to kind of help in a way. Yeah. Uh, not help, sorry. Obligated to, to do your best and be the yeah. best you can be. Um, so that you don't let her down. And that's definitely how I felt. Mm-hmm. Would you say that your experience in PE leading up to that was positive? Was that kind of one of the subjects you behaved in and enjoyed? Or what was it like leading up to the S4? I wouldn't say behave as such. I did, I did enjoy it. I liked PE. Um, I played in the hockey team. But like I said before, I, I most definitely used it as kind of an outlet for anger and frustration. Yeah. You know, I, My friends would always joke that I took PE too seriously and I was way too competitive. I think it was because I had all this kind of anger and frustration built up inside me. So when I was in PE, I was able to let that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't able to let that out in any other way. because I didn't. Did you feel have, better? Yeah, it made me feel better. I was able to then feel like I could actually sit in a 45 minute English class without messing around if I was able to run around in PE for a while. And as well with PE, it gave me the opportunity to um, try new things and work with different people. And it really, the one thing that I've noticed a lot from my experiences in PE is the amount of like social and interpersonal skills I was able to develop, um, especially before um, Haley came to the school. Like I wasn't respectful. I wasn't tolerant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't a very good communicator, but after Haley came to the school and I participated in her lessons, those were all skills that I started to develop. 
um, which I hadn't had before. And that gave me that motivation to want to actually behave more in school because I didn't want PE to be taken away from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it shows you kind of power, how powerful sport can be. Physical education um, gives them, gives the environment to develop those life skills, doesn't it? Um, oh, absolutely. Can... And people always say that, you know, like sport can change a life, but it really is so true because like, I've experienced that firsthand because there's no way that I would have gone to university and college or, um, you know, be studying to be a teacher myself if it wasn't for PE and, and sport in school because, um the sport just provided me with so many opportunities outside of school itself like when I when I started on my leadership journey as a young ambassador it opened up so many different opportunities for me um from you know I, I got to speak in the house of lords actually um on behalf of the sport trust speaking about PE and sport and how it changed my life and um you know I got the opportunity to work with the special olympics and austria and work with other change makers from across the globe and that was all just from experiences experiencing this one leadership event when I was 16 and on that kind of crossroads where I could have gone a completely different direction mm-hmm. and if it wasn't for those experiences I, I definitely wouldn't be here. Have you ever spoke to, see, like the talk that you did at the House of Lords, have you ever thought about speaking to, that's something you could bring into school and speak to the pupils and stuff about? Yeah absolutely, I mean when um, I experienced that firsthand actually when Haley Haley moved to um, a school in Aberdeen and she invited me up to speak to one of her leadership classes. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because I, I love being able to kind of share similar experiences with other young people because um, like when I was there, uh, you know, I, I got to speak to other young people that were kind of in a similar situation to me where they were at a crossroads and um, misbehaving and being suspended from school. But they were also in this leadership club and they really enjoyed it, but they weren't sure where, where they could go with it. And I think... It's, it can make you a bit more relatable and I feel like I'm really yeah, excited definitely. to actually get into placement and start my teaching career um, so I can work with young people like that and potentially see things from their perspective because I've been in those shoes. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. Um, well thanks, thanks for sharing that then about your kind of journey um, during school and the influence that you had. Thanks, that takes us on to, to my question Gemma, so obviously from chatting to you, it seems like you're a big believer, obviously from your experiences that going through high school and not giving up on those naughty or uh, misbehaved young people, why do you believe this is so important? I think for me it's so important because like I was that kid that always misbehaved in, in school and I know firsthand how it feels as a young person to think that just nobody believes in you. Like like I said before, there's nothing worse than that feeling than just coming back to school so buzzing with ideas and to just be shot down by teachers that are supposed to be there to encourage you and motivate you and want to help you achieve your full potential. Um, it, it's so close to home for me because the difference that you can make to that, that young person is huge because... I definitely wouldn't be studying to be a teacher and wanting to have that same impact on young people that Haley had on me had I not experienced that firsthand. And young people can achieve amazing things, mm-hmm. but they sometimes just need that adult role model slash teacher to be there with them on the way to help guide them and support them. Um, I think as well, like from my experience, I had supportive parents at home that did love me and did support me, but some young people in school don't have that. So you could be that only real supportive adult role model in their life that's encouraging them and supporting them. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, PE is what, you know, one of those subjects that is really, really powerful and really special because it's definitely somewhere where you can kind of calm and reset when you're taking part in a PE lesson, especially if you have loads of energy. Like I said before, it was the only place I could really 
regulate my emotions and help get my kind of emotions and behavior out in a PE lesson. And it's the perfect subject to be able to support young people to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, burn off some steam, as you say. Yeah, exactly. It's almost just like you need that teacher to kind of ignite that flame, isn't it? Like you spoke about earlier, it's just like that kind of aha moment when you yeah. when it almost clicks. But how how long would you say it took then for since obviously Haley came in? She was obviously the, the role model in your life and as as a teacher. How long did, did did that take? A lot of like convincing you to kind of get on side before you kind of built up that relationship, or because that's what I feel sometimes if you've got. Um, kind of difficult uh, young people to deal with in your classes obviously you want to try your best and don't give up on them all the time but some some young people like come around quicker than others you know so it's yeah. that's it's one of the one of the challenges but how, how long would you say it kind of took for you I'm just, just curious um it definitely wasn't a quick process uh-huh. uh, I, I was I was real stubborn really mm. <laughs> will tell you I was real stubborn in school um but I don't know something was really different about that relationship with Haley because um she came in and I remember so distinctly the first lesson she had actually, it was a, um, it was just core PE she took us for, first day of term. And I remember we, we did kind of a, um, like modified British Bulldogs kind of warm up um, for the first lesson. And I was like the last person to run. And she, I remember she like called me over and had me kind of start on the halfway point so that I would definitely make it to the other side and kind of win the whole game. And I, I don't know what, what it was, but for me, I kind of was like, oh, like I kinda I kinda like her. You know, mm. she like that's a bit different. No one's ever no other teacher's done that before. Like that was really fun, that was really cool. And I think what was really special as well was that um I'd experienced a lot of going into classes with teachers that I haven't had before and they prejudged me um mm. because of things teachers had said in the staff room or yeah, things they kind of heard through the grapevine. Um, I remember going into one English lit class with a teacher I'd never had before and she let everybody in the class pick their own seats, but I had to sit in the desk in front of her desk. Uh, okay. So in my head, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to like this class. and I'm not going to like yeah. this teacher. Um, what did they wrote you off sort of thing? Yeah, totally wrote me off without having actually met me. But mm-hmm. Haley never did that. And I'm sure she probably did hear some horror stories about me in the staff room. I have no doubt. But she never let that change her impression mm-hmm. of me. And mm-hmm. um, That's you know, so important. That's such a strong <laughs> message because that's, that's obviously such a common thing to happen. Yeah, and it's so easy. I, I, I totally understand how easy it can be to do that. Is you know, you hear a kind of horror story about a young person, um, and you think, oh, they're in my lesson next. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. But you, mm-hmm. you do subconsciously prejudge. Yeah, and might actually treat them differently because of that. Um, and I think that's what I really took to Haley for in our relationship was that she never did that. Um, so no, it wasn't a quick relationship builder. I'd probably say time frame wise, at least a couple of months. Yeah. Um. I think from a teacher point of view, there's a lot of work and you need to persevere, don't you? It's yeah, definitely. I just persevere with it. It's tough. It's tiring. <laughs> wipe, wipe the slate clean every single time you go in. That's what I was about to say, actually. You need to give them a chance. It's hard, though. Like With the misbehaved period seven, you've got them first thing in the morning. Yeah, no, try definitely. Try to wipe the slate clean, but I think you, you need to do it. There's kids at the end of the day, so they're going to make yeah. mistakes. And as I always say, like school is almost like a practice, isn't it, to come and make those mistakes and almost prepare you for going out into uni yeah, and, and, and into work as well. Like you go to school to make those mistakes and, yeah, and learn and build from them. Mm, definitely. No, that's that's really interesting. Um, and I guess it is. It's just about being patient and and not giving up. I think that's a a really good message to put across. Um, so finally, then for the the kind of main part of the the, the podcast, Gemma, from your experiences of high school. 
PE and beyond, what do you believe makes a high quality teacher? Yeah, I think with this question, I could definitely relate it back to Haley being my teacher in school and for me being disengaged to them being, you know, totally drawn into PE. Um, she definitely did this by being so supportive. Um, that's, that's one thing that really stands out to me is how supportive she was and how much she believed in me. I think it's so important to believe in young people and support them. Because um, I remember as a young person how special that felt. Like I said, I'd never had a teacher be like, you can, you can do this. Like, mm -hmm. you can achieve whatever you want to, to achieve. So that made me not want to let her down. Um, yeah. You had mentioned it just there, Liz, but another one is definitely patience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, just mm -hmm. persevering and being patient. Um, you know, there was definitely times where I went off track a little, I'd gone back to that cross crossroads, misbehaved, um, you know, walked out of school in a, in a tantrum and was fed up. But she was so patient with me and was so persistent and truly did believe in me and what I could achieve. Mm -hmm. um, and that really encouraged me and engaged me to want to go back and try again and try again and really built up the resilience in me. Um, Was there ever any point where you felt like kind of giving up the whole young ambassador thing and the kind of coaching side of it, leadership? Or was there, after that day, was that you kind of on that path? Yeah, not really. There was definitely times where I felt like I couldn't purely because, you know, teachers weren't really happy with the idea of me leading sessions for, you know, S1s that were just coming in because I had this reputation. Um, but I think if anything, it actually built up my resilience a lot. Mm -hmm. And if any, anything motivated me actually to want to prove people wrong um, and prove people that I, I can be a role model and I, I could make a positive impact in my community. Yeah, I suppose it comes down to the individual and how they react to that. Yeah. You obviously done it in a kind of positive way and it motivated you rather than demotivating you. So yeah. that's good. Um, so kind of patience and support of things, that is kind of two main... Yeah, and I think probably. the final one I would say is, is passion. Um, like having a teacher that just like loves teaching their subject and, and mm -hmm. with Hayley like loved teaching PE, you could see how much she loved PE and how much she loved teaching it. And it made you love PE too. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, I'll still speak to folk that I went to school with and they'll still say, you know, their favourite PE teacher and their favourite lessons were always with Hayley because she made them so fun and engaging, but most importantly, inclusive. You know, no, no matter what your ability level was in that class, there was always an achievable outcome for you. So it made it enjoyable for everybody. So definitely being passionate and having that kind of engaging um, kind of ethos about you is so important. Mm, that's, that's good. I like that. It's kind of infectious. It makes them love it as well. Yeah, that's a good word for it. That's, that's a good um, way to put it, actually. What's uh, that? No, no, that vocabulary is improving, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. I don't know where it's coming from. I know. You've been, you've, been, you've been reading your thesaurus before the night, yeah? I've got Google up here. <laughs> <laughs> On the thesaurus, nah. Um, well, thanks very much, Hayley, for being really honest there and sharing your story um, from school to now. So, um, moving on to the quick fire round to Lucy's favourite bit of the night. Can see a big smile on his face. I absolutely love this bit. Aye, so, uh, like, like I said before we came on, uh, Gemma, just three quick questions just to finish us off, just for a bit of fun, um, like we do with every podcast. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, first one, our favourite one. If you could have a giant billboard anywhere, what would it say on it? Good question. Um, be present. We're so quick to find the quickest way to get to work and look at our phones and take photos and videos, but we should really just take all that away and be present in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think, I know, how many times do you 
like you're always dwelling on the past or thinking, oh, I can't wait to do this and look rather than just enjoying the enjoying the journey. Watch exactly. those other as well, don't you, Liz? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. Delphi. <laughs> no, brilliant. Love that one. Right, number two. Which people or books have had the biggest influence on your life? You can probably guess Ooh. that. One. First one. <laughs> I could say Haley, but I'll say someone else this time. Right. Um, the biggest one I can think of is Kevin Carroll, who is a motivational speaker and an author. Um, he's American. I met him at a conference back in 2014. Really rough start to life, abandoned by his parents, um, brought up by his grandparents. But um, his whole motivational speech and his books are all about him um, finding his spark and finding his motivation in life. And it was all about him finding a red rubber ball in a playground. And he was like, nine or ten and um, i won't ruin the story for people listening because it's a phenomenal one but have a look for him on youtube his name's kevin carroll and his book is called the rules of the red rubber ball and it's a phenomenal book that's maybe a, that's maybe an audio book to download for my, my yeah. long drive to work Thanks you know it's brilliant though because i'm not a massive i'm not a massive reader but i like right. his books because they're kind of picture books with like ah, a little right. bit of writing so i find it a lot easier to read yeah. um, and they're great enjoyable no, brilliant. Good recommendation. You got to say something there, Clark? <laughs> no, I've taken no, over the, the author there. I'm just taking over it. So. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to fly in there with a wee wide comment. No, I was, I was, I was but I'll, uh, I'll believe it. Right, okay, we've had a few of the night, so. Right, final one then, Gemma. What final piece of advice would you give to a teacher who's thinking of applying to do the PGDE PE course? Uh, love, that guess, love that question, Luce. Love that. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is speak to other PE teachers. Um, if you don't actually have any PE teachers that you know in person, have a look on Twitter. There's so many like amazing PE teachers on Twitter that um, when I was applying, I would reach out to and ask questions to um, just about the application process, what they think you should and shouldn't include in your application. Um, like I found that really useful when I was applying was just having phone calls with PE teachers and talking to them about the application. Mm -hmm. um, get your application started as early as you can as well. Um, I think they open September time um, on UCAS. So um, I think you, you can submit it up till the 15th of January or something, but it's always nice to get it in early. Um, and don't compare yourself to others. I think that's a big thing as well. Like I was quite bad at that. Was, I was compared, I had a lot of friends um, who were also in the uh, undergrad with me at Sterling applying for PE. And it's, it's so hard not to compare yourself mm. to others. When you're all applying for the same thing, but it's so important not to, because you all have different experiences and um, just don't compare yourself. Because what I found really hard was when you submitted your application, um, I had friends who had kind of found out about mm -hmm. the interview or had actually found out they'd had a place way before I even did. So yeah. don't be disheartened if you hadn't heard back straight away. Um, yeah. the, the process is a long one. And, you know, I mean, mine, mine was slightly different because it was during COVID and it was all online rather than in person. Um, but definitely don't be disheartened when you don't hear back straight away. I think I had applied 16th of September and hadn't actually been given a place until the 6th or 7th of April or something like that. So, wow. um, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's so competitive as well, isn't it? Like there's just so many people applying for it. So they've got a lot of yeah. applications to get through as well. So it's This year, uh, Cara was telling us last week, actually, that it, there was something like 527 applications for the PGD and PE course this year. I think particularly with COVID, um, people have seen that, you know, teaching is actually quite a stable career and have, you know, mm -hmm. made that, that change in career choice. And that's compared to, I think she said there was like 340 applications last year. So it's such a jump and you've got three unis with only 16, 18 places on each. It's, yeah. it's crazy competitive. Yeah, it's, uh, is it something like a 5% like 
chance of getting actually onto the course yeah. after like the application interview and all that. So it is um, absolutely. It's it's a it's a rigorous process. Say that. Aye, worth um, it. Worth it. Yeah, the end. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> it was worth all of the uh, pre pre recorded practical videos that we had to upload of us dancing and yeah. doing gymnastics. And Aye. Just in the living room. <laughs> yes, that's Aye. it. Because it was during COVID. It was. Uh, it was, you had to be creative. Uh, definitely. Aye, Aye, what are you saying, Clark? No, just for anybody listening in as well, just been following on through what Gemma says. I've had, I've had a few people messaging us on Instagram as well, just asking wee tips and bits of advice. So feel free to get in touch if we can help out where we can, I'm sure. Gemma yeah. mind as well. If you yeah, absolutely. Like I'm on Twitter too, and I'm quite happy if anyone has any questions or just wants maybe a bit more one-to-one advice. I'm quite happy to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a good point as well, but about going on to Twitter, like even just using the hashtag, I think a lot of them like edu Twitter and... Just you'll get there's just so many. It's such a massive community on there too. I think that's the first. I think you're the first person to actually to, to mention that bit about asking for advice because nine out of ten times people will be so open to help you. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, that's a good point. there. end up with the podcast. Don't we? Like nine out of ten people actually accept it to come on. Um, mm-hmm. Quite surprising actually. But hashtag obo all the way. Yeah. <laughs> right, I, think we'll, I think we'll leave it at that then Clark yeah. now, Gemma thanks so much for giving up your time tonight and coming on and speaking to us and um, sharing your story that was absolutely fantastic and I'm sure that will have a huge impact for aspiring teachers and current teachers as well that's been um, a really good insight for me and has got me really thinking about my um, current role and stuff like that at school so thanks a lot no thank yeah. you so much for having me I'm glad that I was able to share some stuff with you yeah thanks for coming on Gemma Right, well that brings us to the end of another episode of A Wee Bit of Everything where we have our usual takeaway messages, a really inspiring story I thought from Gemma McLean tonight who was on talking to us about her um, journey through PE and school and basically her high school journey and how PE and sport and a particular teacher career turned her life around and put her onto the, the path that she's currently on with the, the PGDE. So a lot of good takeaway messages, a lot of powerful messages in there to take away from tonight. So Clark, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, um, I liked how she said that sport can, sport has the power to change a life, and totally agree with that as well. And it was good to hear her honest kind of story from misbehaving in school to now, you know, well, first of all, being a young ambassador and a role model for the younger kids, and now on the path to becoming a PE teacher at uni. So, I would say my key takeaway message would be from Gemma's um, about as a te- from a teaching point of view, wiping the slate clean after every lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, can be difficult um, if you had a few kind of tricky situations with behaviour I mean, that you've had to deal with. But I think when they come down again, you need to write the slate clean and give, give them a chance again. You need to keep giving the young, people's, young people chances within reason, as long as you're following the behaviour policy and um, referring them and, you know, filling out the necessary paperwork or speaking to the right people after it. And then the next day we come, it's, it's, a new, it's a new day, it's a new lesson. So we have to approach it with a a fresh start. Don't hold grudges. Don't hold grudges, I know. So that would be mine. What would yours be? Yeah, I think um, it was a good point when we met on, on the, the last question about what she she thinks makes a high quality teacher. And I think patience was a, that, that's one that can get tested quite a lot. And it's just, again, it's just being really patient with those pupils that maybe aren't, you're not getting through to. And because all it takes is that wee bit of patience and it could just take that one thing that you mm-hmm. see or do or that one lesson that can turn everything around for them. And and that's not saying you're going to be able to do that with absolutely every single pupil. 
um, that you have because that's just completely unrealistic. But if you're getting that outcome with one young person that you work with, I think that's amazing. Such a rewarding mm. feeling, isn't that? Like, right. it's an achievement in itself. I absolutely like it's, it's such. A, it must be so nice for for Haley to to hear that story and how much she's had a, a positive impact on on Gemma's life. So. Um, for any, I think that's powerful for aspiring teachers, student teachers, and current teachers just now. I think it's a really strong message she sent out with that. Um, mm. I really like. I well said, like that part. Aye, so yeah, something something different tonight. So I we're keeping it. That's good. We're keeping it in line with the the podcast uh, title. Then a wee bit Evan, I suppose, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. I thought that was. Um, I it was just. It's good to get a, a story instead of you know, something necessarily linked directly to teaching. It was just getting someone's journey through school and the, the impact that PE's had on, on them. So, well, if I'd ask you, you a question just finally before we cap it off, Lewis, if you don't mind, on the spot. Oft. The, 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 three, the three aspects of the visions to inspire, to teach and entertain. What's one of those did they do tonight? Inspired and entertained. And I'd say, I, th- I think we, we, we smacked all three of them to some degree. Uh, I, th- I think I think it was definitely an inspirational one. Yeah, it gave me some timely reminders. I think yeah, too. Yeah. But with that being said, I think that will do us for tonight's episode of a wee bit of everything. So thanks to everybody for tuning into this week's episode, and we will be back again next week with another. Hopefully, take care. Thanks again for joining us in this week's episode of the podcast. We hope you've been able to take something away that you can implement into your practice or life. If you regularly listen to the podcast, then why not leave us a review to let us know how we're doing and where we can perhaps improve. That way we can take action and further develop the Obo podcast. Until next time, we hope you have a fantastic week. Take care.